Welcome to the Premier News Podcast, talking music videos in association with Loop Talent, with me, Robbie Litsky, and David Knight, where we talk to people making an impact with their creative contribution to music videos right now. And in this episode, our guest is Ali Kerr, a director with a track record of making outstanding videos for up-and-coming British female artists, including Poppy Ajuda, Bree Runway, and particularly Rina Soyama, with whom she's made several videos, all with a distinctive idiosyncratic viewpoint. In STFU, the pair confronted casual anti-Asian racism, whilst in the comedic excess, Rina is a presenter on a TV shopping channel who also happens to be a robot. Kerr and Soyama have now collaborated on the videos for the singer's third album, and their most ambitious yet. This Hell features a gay wedding with a country and western feel, which wins over conservative protesters in the process. And Hold the Girl is a high concept sci-fi in a Wild West setting before this twisted reality is twisted even further. Kerr's directing career has also involved making commercials and short films, and also a foray into directing a female-friendly porn film. All came up in discussion during our chat with her in early August, but it started with us finding out about how she got into making films in the first place. I, I went to a place called The Courtauld, which is mainly for people that want to get into kind of, I don't know, art, graphic, curation. Yeah. A lot of women mm-hmm. work at those kind of, you know, Christie's or art galleries now. And while we were there, you have to churn out just so many essays. And I thought, well, to break up this, like, trudge of essays what i'll do is i'll make a film and i started videoing all the artwork because you just have to take a photo of it and i was really interested in sculpture i was really interested in this big development down at the greenwich peninsula where they'd put about six artists work uh, richard wilson was one of them anthony gormley was another and when the o2 got sold it's going to get sold back into private hands and these mm. two artists were like, well, hang on. I mean, that's not what we wanted. Uh, and our, our art's in the, in the water. So they both now hold licenses from the City of London to keep their artworks in the water for perpetuity. And I ended up writing about this. And because they're huge pieces, videoing them, making little sound mixes, put mm. them online. And that was kind of my first thing was, I guess they were just like little documentaries, uh, but they didn't have kind of dialogue over them. They were just a music video with a score that we'd done. Uh, and that was the, the first thing. And then I, by fluke, was went to a mate's house and I was going to be a model where I was like an underwater sea creature that had been uh, wrapped up in rope. On this, on this, and uh, there before me was Rena. And Rena was just about to be signed. She had like short hair. I thought she was the coolest person ever. And... She was doing a kind of photo shoot with the photographer before we were going to do our underwater themed sea creature shoot. Uh, and and she basically needed a music video. Uh, and she was going to get a kind of a friend to shoot it. And they said, Ali, why don't you direct it? And I was so enamored by Rena that after the underwater shoot, I, the, a friend of mine that was the stylist, I just said, I want her hair. And we put my hair in a ponytail <laughs> and he just cut the ponytail. And I had this oh, wow. awful bowl cut, but <laughs> that was how obsessed with her I was. And um, yeah, that was how, th- those were the two videos, but it kind of, it sort of snowballed from there. Okay, so it put, let's put that into context because I'm thinking this is a little bit before what we thought was your first video for Rena, which was the STFU video, or at least that's, you know, in the world of promo news. But this is quite long before that, isn't that right? Exactly. I think we were probably about 18 or something. Uh, It was over 10 years ago. And for various reasons, that video didn't end up coming out. Rena kind of 
yeah, the music didn't come out. Rena ended up going with a different label. Everything happened. Uh, but I fell in love with music videos and I was finishing up my degree and I thought this is what I really wanted to do. And I just started directing videos and I should have probably quit then and there because my first three videos I ever got made got canned. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, which is painful, and uh, obviously. But, wow, that's incredible that you, you kept going. But tell us, so were they all Rena videos? No, they were all for different artists. I mean, I mean one of the good anecdotes, I won't, I won't say who the artist is, um, but I, the second video I ever got, which was a lot of blagging, but... Um, <laughs> I made this idea about a child's beauty pageant and it was for a pretty big uh, band that were kind of electronic group. And we pulled it all off. It was really good. It was all children. It was, it was obviously kind of looking at the sort of sexualization of kids and it went down really well. Label really loved it. And then about two months later, we get a phone call saying, look, uh, R. Kelly has decided that he wants to rap on the track. And unfortunately, oh, he's, got pesky, he's got this pesky case at the minute. This is this is about 10 years ago now. Because they've got this pesky case of, you know, someone saying that it's a sex abuser. It's obviously not, but it's a bit problematic for his PR. So will you remake the video? And I said no, because I heard about it and I was like, this guy is so dodgy. And we made it because it was obviously a kind of, yeah, looking at those ludicrous pageant scenes. And yeah. I just thought, <clears throat> no good stuff. That was the second video that got canned. Time to move on. Yeah. Good <laughs> Time reason. to move on. Yeah. I think history's proven you right in that in that regard. I mean, well. exactly. <laughs> made the right decision. And then the third video was a really good learning curve. It was for a new artist, a new female artist. And she said to me, I really want to go on like a one-car way, wide-angle lenses, let's make it gritty, let's make it dirty. I thought this is this sounds pretty exciting and it was for a big label and she'd reached out to me after she'd seen you know because I was making these sort of like little things about Greenwich and stuff and she thought they were kind of cool and then I think this is a really good lesson I learned was she saw the footage and she didn't look great you know anyone right. on a lens that close with a hell of a lot of Vaseline looking sweaty is is not necessarily that pretty and I think the pressure that there is for women in music videos to look a certain way and to behave a certain way. Mm. She felt that pressure uh, and that didn't come out for that reason. And at the time I was really, really gutted. And that was probably the most gutting of all of them because the other two, I, I don't know. I was like, these are so out of my control. It was nothing to do with me. It was, it was stuff yeah. out of, yeah. I think that was when I was like, oh fuck, maybe I should be. You, took, you took a bit of responsibility for that. I, I did, yeah. yeah, and I think it's, and I think what it taught me was, you know, you you it's tough if you see three minutes of yourself on film, and especially if you're a new artist and you've never done video before, that must be excruciating to see that much of your face must be mind blowing. And I I I now have a rule which is I try not to work with new artists because. I kind of want them to do that baptism of fire with someone else. And I've done it before, you know, since with artists and it's so hard and you, you desperately want to give them something and you desperately want them to send that email back saying, I love it. And it's so heartbreaking when you think, oh God, they've spent two years writing it, trying to get it into music publishing, trying to get it released. And then you give it to them and they don't like it. I just feel like I've let them down. And I think, um, 
yeah, it, I try and always make them make people look good. <laughs> well, that know, is I, part of it, isn't it? I mean, you've got to, yeah. it's an ad for them. You've got to present them how they want to be presented, or at least you mm. collaborate. It's hard to get away from the talking about Rena because they're, they're an, an, a kind of amazing collection where she's really put herself out there in many different ways. And obviously you've collaborated mm. on that, but we'll, maybe we'll get to that in a, in a bit. I mean, there was in the early, your early days, it was the videos you did for Connie Constance, Poppy, Ajuda. And there's a video for Pete. Well, it's a video, but was this a short film originally, the big spring so that was video number four that I ever made. And I think by the time I'd got to canning of all those videos, I just thought, right, I am not having an artist in it because I was so, <laughs> so burnt. I mean, yeah. I now, you know, I've been now, but I was so upset that this video didn't come out and that she didn't like the way she looked. I thought, right, well, we're not having <laughs> any musicians in it. And it was a, we had 500 pounds. Um, and at the time, I just, I just left university but realised I wanted to give film a shot and didn't want to go back to film school and didn't know anyone. And I had a fantastic opportunity where I was standing outside a pub in Dalston and someone shouted, no joke, in the pub garden, who wants to be the assistant to the head of the directing course at the NFTS? And I thought... It only happened in Dalston. Of course, of course, it does it. So I, I go over to this woman and I go, oh, I'd like to do that job, please. Um, and I went in, interviewed, and I got the job. Um, and I was very, very fortunate to spend a kind of intensive couple of weeks with them before they go to Beaconsfield um, with the kind of that intake. And yeah, I was going around with them. I was meant to sort of like shepherd them but they had to create a film every day. And I got to oversee people, some people who have done incredibly well, and they put me in all of their films because they had to create a movie a day sometimes. Um, and so I kind of got directed and I just poached what they were doing. And I thought, oh, I really want to be making narrative. Again, having feeling slightly burned from my music video experience. So that was how Big Spring came about. And the band said, oh, well, we've got 500 pounds. And I said, well, will you make me let me just, I'll give you my everything. I'd love to make it into a short film. And they just said, just go for it. Just like have some fun. And so we made it as a short film and then cut the short film to make it into a music video. They love the music video. And I then off the back of that, I did a couple of, I did, I've done videos for Palace. I've done videos for Big Spring. I've done videos for Amber Run. Um, I did Loyal Karna. I did, but I did quite. A, I did a few then for like rock bands because I yeah. guess particularly rock band videos, you've got the band performance, which felt a bit, and then you can also kind of integrate it with the narrative world. Yeah. So that was <clears throat> kind of that off, and then yeah, and then yeah, and then after that it was, and then I signed to a friend and was working with them. I, I just Luke Tierney had really liked the Big Spring video, so we started kind of talking to, about stuff and um, so Luke is so, the EP at uh, Friend, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's, was, it's just a great, great human and was inc incredibly helpful and, and so supportive. He put me forward for the Connie Constance video and that was the first thing I did with them. And that's kind of how it sort of spiraled. And I think the Connie Constance, the one where she's in the bathtub, yeah. It was that beautiful blend of doing a performance video and blending in a narrative. And we were, I mean, that was actually Connie's boyfriend at the time, Calvin. And yeah, he's an actor. So we kind of, yeah, it, it kind of blended the two, the two genres. And then I just fell in love with it again. And I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. And so, and then I, yeah, then I've kept making music videos. 
there is a difference in various things you've done. And actually, uh, the Yanaka video, sort of a kind of classic, almost MTV style performance with a party, sort of struck me as a sort of like a, a, a real sort of burst into the mainstream. Is that how it how it happened? Oh, God, yeah. I remember when that, I'd pitched that idea about seven times. You know, you've got that one in your back pocket and you're like, come on, someone's going to make this. <laughs> and I remember Luke sending me the treatment going, Ali, it's time to get the parachute idea out again. Because I'd kind of been pitching this idea and inflating parachute silks using uh, blow-up castle, uh, you know, those big kind of wind turbine things that you get for a bouncy castle. And then he was like, well, why don't we do it but make it a bit of bubble gum? And I was like oh, yeah, this is like the perfect fusion of the two. So I guess that was, and then they kind of like those old sort of 50s films, the blob, isn't it, in Greece or something, where they kind yeah. of, it's running after them. But we liked the idea of instead of people running away from it, people running towards it and being kind of sexually attracted to it, which is definitely, which we can kind of talk about later, is I'm a bit obsessed with kind of sex and sexuality. I think that's something that's like a theme that just runs through most of the things that I I do uh, and constantly return to as a theme uh, sexual attraction in its various forms but yeah I, I it was a it was a real moment and I remember when they they got it I was so desperate to do it and I was speaking to Oscar Hudson at the time and asking him how he'd won the bonobo job and he was like oh I made a little maquette and I did a little video and I was like right okay so that's what I did so I made I had all these water balloons and I made all these foam ball models. And there's loads of videos of me being like, hello, I'm Ali. And here, this is how it's going to work. And we're going to, and then I've got these little balls, mm. water balloons that keep coming in. And I just called up everyone I knew that worked in the indie music scene and did the thing that you're not meant to do. And I bypassed the label and found the artist. And I was like, you've got to make this with me. Because um, I just oh. was like, there's, I, didn't, I just thought, how is Virgin going to take a punt on me when I've been doing these small, low budget music videos? Oh, so you didn't have to... a brief. You went out and and basically pitched the idea before you got a pitch from the band, or uh, so it was. We'd, I, you know what? It was so long. I can't remember. I definitely there was. I think Luke had said, which is something I I often do. You know, someone will. You know, you'll get sent something from a rep, and you'll be like, okay, I want to win this, but you know, you're about to pitch against fifty people, and I'm I'm always like, how can I bypass those fifty people? and get it straight to the artist. So on that occasion, I'd been working with Amber Run. I've done maybe two or three videos for Amber Run. Mm. Uh, and they knew, they live in Brighton and they knew her, which is where Yonaka are based. So I sent it to them as well. And I yeah. was like, can you please get this? And I managed to get her phone number and I just drop called her. And I was like, you have to make this. And I've come up with this great idea. Let me send it to you. And then Virgin were like, oh, what have you done? Why are you doing this? This is very <laughs> sneaky, but... I mean, when you've got to make something, you've just got to make it. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I mean, where does that lie with the um, the stuff you're doing for Rena? Shut the Fuck Up is kind of the first video that we're aware of. But what did you do up to that point? Because you've made, you have made quite a lot of Rena videos, some of which are have yet to be seen the light of day. Is that is that true? That is true. I, uh, where you are, it's, it's the second one on her channel. Oh. Done six six years ago. That was the first one we ever made. We shot it in my um, my bedroom at the time. My kittens that were about I don't know twelve weeks older in it somewhere in the background. Uh, and we yeah we we had fifty pounds or something or yeah and we managed to I think procure a camera 
from a shoot, you know, something was like, I think we were shoot, some, shooting something else on a Friday and then we'd said, oh, we'll return the kit on the Monday, one of those old things, yeah. chestnuts. And so we'd got the camera for free. But yeah, that was the first one we did. And then I came back and did Shut the Fuck Up. And, and that was a a weird turn of events. It was actually a director at Partizan had originally been talking about doing the job and unfortunately fallen unwell and was a, unable to do it. And they said, oh, well, you've worked with Rena before. Do you want to, you know, work together again? And I was like, absolutely. So that was how we kind of started doing that. But I got brought onto that project at the very last minute. Um, and I actually contained very little, um, it, the, the idea and the concept was, was really actually nothing to do with me. Did you have any place in like the casting or anything or was it very much kind of turning up? No, um, I think I turned up, the, the director was unwell, I turned up, I did the rehearsals. I mean, I put my input on what I thought things should look like. I changed some things of what the mm -hmm. previous director had done. I remember I added like the uh, Olafur Ellison's son from the Tate. I thought that would look kind of interesting, which I remember we turned up and someone was like, that's so expensive. You're not going to be able to do that. And I, I was working with this great DP called Chris Anun. And we went and got like a 10 quid Amazon reflector. Uh, one of those like, you know, like a, a scrim that's got a little bit mm -hmm. of kind of gauze through it and just whacked a light on the end and turned to someone and was like, there we go, done it. <laughs> um, so I think, you know, there's always those approaches. Sometimes when people just say no, just just you can always find a way. So, yeah, that I, I think the visual style and that and that kind of kicked us off kind of working together. And we've just been making more and more ever since. So with an artist is obviously creative and kind of in control of her her look mm. and everything is Rena. It must be really fun to kind of collaborate collaborate on ideas. Um, but how does this process usually work? So for example, does she come to you first with like the idea and then you kind of work on it together, or is it more of a back and forth? So it's been um, different every single time. I mean, in total, there have been one. There was two or three that we did that have never seen the light of day for various reasons. And then there was, I think we've done about eight probably in total mm -hmm. together. Um, and they, they change album to album. So to give you an idea when we did, so shut the shut the fuck up album. After we did that, Rena then came back to me and said, do you want to do excess? And do you want to do bad friend? Um, and she just sent me the tracks. She sends me a blurb about what the tracks are about, and she just let me go for it. And normally she'll literally give me a sentence. I mean, for Bad Friend, she said, I think it would be kind of cool to be a Japanese businessman. And that was it. <laughs> and then I was, and then I said, well, why didn't we do a fight scene? Because I think you're a really good actor. And I, this is, this is, and I was like, I think we'd be a really good actor. And really, why, if we did this, I just have this feeling that you're, the, you know, you'll you'll really kind of get into acting, and she's always wanted to do that. Anyway, this is not this is public knowledge, so I can say it. But the casting director for John Wick googled Japanese actress into YouTube, and the Bad Friend music video came up. And off the back of it, she is now in the John Wick video. Off that video, they didn't. I don't think they even gave her a casting. She they just gave. It wow. Oh wow. Insane, I can believe, insane. I can believe it though. I mean, she thinks what a present, yeah. Had. She, yeah, I mean, they're both what it was. I mean, I guess from those two videos, excess where she's playing this kind of robot saleswoman on a mm -hmm. on a shopping channel, yeah, bad for it, couldn't be more different, really. Do you get a, a pushback from you know, from a label when saying, Oh, we can't do this, Rena, because 
her fans know her like this, and now you want to put her, dress her up like uh, an aging Japanese business <laughs> salary man in a, getting drunk in a in a bar. And I really like that. I mean, it's tremendous. You know, like it's a Kurosawa movie from the nineteen fifties, yeah. or uh, presumably that was one of the references. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's done absolutely. so well. It, I'm so proud of it. It's one of my favourite things I've ever done. And I think kind of going back, it was like a real moment where I really fell in love again with it because, you know, taking that first video that got canned because the artist didn't feel comfortable with how she looked, working with Rena, who was at a place where she was so comfortable in her career that she was like, I'm going to be an ageing Japanese businessman who's got a bit of an alcohol problem and ends up like punching the living daylights out of someone was so refreshing because I think it's... <laughs> So rare that people kind of, you know, within that space, particularly female artists, are allowed to by their label to kind of get ugly or want to get ugly mm -hmm. and just want to, you know, and I think that that's what makes her so exciting to work with. I mean, in regards to the label, we've just, uh, we've been allowed to have pretty much great freedom and she has never compromised with what she's going to put out. And if the people don't want to like release it and do her vision, then she's like, cool, I'm not going to work with you. But for me and for Rena, and I think this is why I, I wouldn't say I've got like a definable style. I, you know, I, I would love to be like my mates Matilda, Finn, or you know, Zhang and Knight, Lyndon and Hannah. You know, I think I've got so much respect for them and Sophia Ray. But I just get, I'm like a distracted bunny rabbit, and I kind of, <laughs> I, I hear a song, I'm like, oh, I like this, and then I'm like, but this world needs this. It's it's kitschy. Excess is kitschy. It's camp. It's it's this ludicrousness and then bad friend is like very tender and soft and quiet and i think all the directors that i and the people that i really look up to and respect you know i fucking have so much admiration for michaela cole who's done chewing gum to you know i may destroy you to black earth rising to now being in black panther or alfonso curon you know going from mama to tambien roma to fucking harry potter three which God, I think that's the best Harry Potter film and I watch it all the time. It's so artfully directed. I just love it. And I think those are the people that I really rate that, you know, are just like, cool, okay, well, we've done this. So why don't we challenge ourselves and do something else? And I've got so much respect for people that are like, fuck, this is my thing. I'm really good at this. And that, I think sometimes, you know, I make something and it's not as good as the last thing because I've not, but I, I just always want to like try and I always want to kind of push it and like learn. And, and I think that's why I, I, everything can sometimes it, it, there's, I wouldn't say I've got like one definable style or tone. It doesn't all sit in the same wheelhouse, right? You're listening to the Premier News Podcast, talking music videos in association with Loop Talent. Make sure to subscribe on your favourite platform to hear more in the series. So you're you're inspired by various things, and you you're very focused and make want to make that happen in the best way. So and you've done other things, Ali, mm. <laughs> yeah. such as Outer Course, yeah, which uh, is basically a porn film, isn't it? So what? Tell us about it. How did it happen? How did it happen? I mean, I think with everything you've. You know, it's, it's the age old saying of write what you know. And whenever I come to a music video, I write whatever's kind of going on in my life. And sometimes that's exactly what the artist wants to communicate. And sometimes I don't. And, you know, I'm, I don't necessarily always pitch what someone's asked me to kind of, you know, what they think, because otherwise I, I can't write it. And Out of Course was one of those cases where in my early 20s, I had a very 
abnormal um, an unusual condition where I couldn't I had it's called vulvodynia it basically means pain of the vulva I found touch sitting down was excruciating fuck me there were shoots where I almost I fainted I remember just I had to miss a shoot which is kind of like carnage sin you should never you know directors never do it so I was in so much pain all the time and it made my experience of life very different to my mates in their 20s mm. who were gallivanting around having sex and you know that was their hobbies <laughs> and <laughs> I was sitting at home writing music video treatments and kind of threw myself into that and I had a and, and I decided to make the idea into a short film so I, I wrote, wrote it about a porn star because I found a porn star that had the condition and I found it really fascinating that someone would continue to do that. And she was like, well, you know, we've got a very reductive view of sex and yeah. we could, you know, if you kind of open it up and open the brain up, there's a lot more into it. So I started writing this script. I went and was looking to approach your usual funding bodies, BFI, and God bless them, you know, they've got what, 3K, maybe 6K. And this is a time where I'm making music videos for, I mean, I, mean, I you know, as everyone does, I was tutoring on the side. I waited on a boat that made me feel constantly seasick. I think I was earning, I got, I looked through my invoices the other day and one of the years, I think I earned something like 7,000 pounds for a music video. So, you know, you're doing everything under the, and, you know, supporting yourself through other means. Yeah. So I didn't have the money to kind of put in and someone said, oh, well, there's this production company in Barcelona called Erica Lust Films and, Hers is all about giving different people the opportunity to make porn, give different fantasies a kind of platform, and she's giving £20,000. And I just was right. like, okay, <laughs> you got my attention. So I sent the idea, which initially didn't have um, hardcore sex, which, a hard, which I've now learned does not mean kind of BDSM and whips. It just means full frontal nudity, so you see the genitals. And I said, okay... Uh, this isn't what I was expecting, but she was like, you can do whatever you want. You can write whatever you want, whatever preamble. We really like the idea. We think it's really fresh, but you've got to show it. So maybe suggest like shooting with porn stars. So we had a combination of porn stars and actors. Uh, you're not allowed to rehearse, which is very fascinating uh, because, and it makes total sense. You don't want to have a director in a position where you're like, oh, can you just do this personal scene for me? And, uh, you know, my pleasure only. So you kind of have to, you know, Steven Spielberg it, <laughs> lol, on <set laughs> and work with people. I mean, there was a fantastic moment. The actors really smashed it and the porn actors really smashed it and ludicrous, what does ludicrous thing to say, but... Of course they did. And yeah, Lucy came up to me and she she was the female actress and she was like, Ali, this is the most lines I've ever had. And I was like, <laughs> and she was really up for it. And it's, you know, it was a hard thing to kind of deliver. And but it's been really useful. Uh and it was a really good curve. I mean, I'm I it didn't give me the buzz. I, f I found it very odd. Uh and I basically went into I'm I'm quite chatty and there's you know, I, especially in music videos where you're used to just, you know, shouting directions over the monitor, being kind of, you know, trying to rile someone up and give them the most kind of energy they can. You know, there's no way you can interrupt someone having sex. I just found it like unbelievably, I just kept giggling, like me and the DP and the mates that I work with, you know, I just thought, I can't, what are we doing? Uh, but it was, fa it was so much fun doing it. Um, and it also taught me that I think, there's a lot to be said for not showing stuff uh, and how sexy that is and, and the kind of preamble and 
you know, it, it lives in its own its own thing. Porn is entertainment. I've got nothing against porn. I think it's its own thing. That's a separate debate. But yeah, I I'm really glad I got to do it, and really glad I got to do that kind of company and and try something different. And I mean, I, I guess I was thinking it's. I mean, there is the uh, the taboo element to uh, mm. to it, and it 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 could have had a, a negative impact on your career potentially did you did you consider that or it was just like but you actually thought this is gonna help my career I think I was at a point where yeah I mean it it was a point where I actually moved agencies um so I moved from friend to partisan and I remember when I moved to partisan Jenny the MD thought it was great and actually funded it and she she thought it was really kind of Yeah, she was like, go for it. And I told her the reason why I wanted to make it and why I wanted to make a porn film that didn't have any penetrative sex in it. And she thought, okay, this is interesting and let's see where you go. And I just, at the time, I really, really rated the, I still do, I think the stuff, Pulse made some great like Durex adverts um, that were just really, really nicely placed. And that world in advertising, I thought was fascinating because it was moving in a way where it didn't feel kind of like stilted and advertising-y and people were really trying to get... And Joanna Nordal did this amazing spot called, is it RSFU Condom? Uh, for, well, I can't remember, I'm going to maybe get it wrong, but was it the Dutch kind of like equivalent of Planned Parenthood maybe? That was brilliant. And so that I just thought, God, there's a really interesting space moving in this in this world of porn. Why don't I kind of see where it goes and see where it leads in advertising? I mean, it's done me no no disservice and I didn't really think about it that much because Mm. as I said I'm sort of sit on the fence where I don't you know there's obviously aspects to all industries that need um amending and and are problematic and you know frank frankly kind of broken but there's also always people in an industry that are trying their best and trying to change things and I think making really good work and I think Erica Lust is one of those productions that uh, and companies that do that. So I, yeah. I didn't have any kind of fear that I was doing the wrong thing at the time. And but there was when I was going around talking to production companies, when I was thinking, oh, maybe I'll take a move, you know, so people were like, absolutely, I think this is a bad idea. You shouldn't do this. You'll be known as the girl that did porn. <laughs> uh, but you've um, gone on to, uh, I mean, now you're a partisan and commercial career has mm. sort of taken off. Is that right? I mean, did, mm. The, this girl can, I guess the second, is it the second campaign? That's really good. Thanks. Yeah, I did two for them, actually. We did, yeah, we did two, which was amazing. That was one of the best jobs I've ever done. I remember we presented it to the client who are so, Sport England is so lovely. And we had, like, they were just sort of like welling up and they were just overjoyed. And that so rarely happens that you're sitting in an edit. You know, normally you're sitting in that edit room and there's like 14 people there and it's just the worst feeling ever if someone's (laughs) going to like it. And they were so, they were so happy. And I just, I just, I was so chuffed with that. And I just, it was just an absolute joy, the people to work with, the whole thing. And when I signed to Friend, there was just Matilda and I were the only two women. I'm pretty sure maybe there was some, I think Sarah Chapman, Field was there as well, um, but th- that was us. And that, you know, this was over ten years ago. There, there weren't many. I mean, there's not many now, but there really weren't many women at all on the books. And I didn't, despite making a lot of films with women and with female leads, I didn't want to get pigeonholed. And I think I therefore sought out sport advertising. So I did. Um, I did like I've got a, a kind of. I did at least five. I did Nike. I did 
you know, all the kind of people um, for various and I, I think it was a place because I thought, well, I can learn here. You get to learn about the kit properly, how motion works, movement, yeah. you know, all of the, and and that kind of, it, it kind of brought me to This Girl Can. And then since then, you know, I was, ex- and then I just started kind of kept making stuff. But, I mean, even avatar- adverts now, I try and just do the stuff that I think is going to be something different, whether it's, I, I, you know, I, I tried a little bit of comedy recently. I did like a couple of pieces for like Nando's last year that was, you know, I just kind of get, you know, like, well, let's see where this goes. And then I did think totally different for Polaroid and Instax that just came out that was very, I guess, like kind of beautifully naturally shot. Um, I did an Olympic spot. I mean, it, you know what I mean? Just kind of like trying to always take in projects that I think will challenge me. Are you looking for something, you know, a, well, you say you, you want to, you don't like being pinned down by a style, but it is quite a varied bunch of things you're doing. And are you looking for something specifically? I think I'm getting closer to it. I mean, I've been writing a feature and, I've, you know, I've got like several series that I've written that will maybe never see the light of day, but I've got one feature that is is looking quite promising um, in the pipeline that it is is going to get made and, you know, oh, really? get Good old Mei Ling and I have been, we're, we're scheming away uh, together. Mei Ling and being your EP at Partizan, Mei Ling Wong. Mei Ling, the amazing Mei Ling Wong. Um, she is the best. And whenever she walks into a room, we sing, you know, Stacey's mum. We'd like, Wong is good. And I've been waiting so long. Uh, she's going to love that. I, mean, I think, I think, yeah, I think I, I, and I think that's what we've done with these latest Rena videos is uh, I'm not a massive lover of, um, you know, very contrived set design and art direction. That's something I've learned. And I, I do like things to kind of feel relatively in this world. And I, ca- I guess kind of slick. And the, I, I, I just like it when, you know, the colours and the frames a relatively single toned. I do like things looking a bit dark and miserable, but I also like things being, you know, I, I, I will always have like a strong appreciation of pop. So moving back to Rena, um, this year's video for This Hell, it's like a huge step up in terms of like the scope, the size of the video. It's like full on choreography. Uh, whereas Excess obviously had the little dance sequence, but this is like full on. Um, what difference did you find in making something more kind of resource heavy? shall we say, as compared to some of some of the earlier videos? So now that we've had a bit more money to play with <laughs> and we've got a really good creative director on it, Chester, who's got, frankly, just really good taste um, <laughs> and is quite helpful, I think that that sort of elevates everything and makes it feel more premium, which, you know, we Brad Friend was done on a budget of 20K uh, or 15 and the same for XS. You know, they're done on small budgets but ambitious projects Mm. so you know having uh, a lot more to play with and then also being able to play with that money in bulgaria just kind of takes it to a new level and i think the thing that these two felt like we're building up was i love stunt work i have a you know my absolute goal and dream in life and it's what i'm doing with this feature it's it's an action film i love action films and i really want to continue in that world uh you know bring on james bond but that that's kind that's sort of where we were started with bad friend and we wanted to like bring that up a notch when we did hold the girl and then the same with um this hell it was like you know bringing the choreo up a notch and that just means i guess 
more people being able to fill that world out, making it feel busy, making it feel tangible, you know, rather than everything feeling just like a little bit thin and sad. And <laughs> yeah, I, that, that's just the joy, isn't it? Getting like bodies in when you, mm-hmm. you've just got a couple of extras and you're trying to make it feel busy and packed. And really like locations as well. I mean, with this hell, it's, it's kind of from the church to the kind of the car to the, like, it's, it's just every kind of first is something different, which I think is so nice to be able to do. It's so nice to be able to do that, to be able to really sit down with the track, break it down, right, how many key beat changes do we need to make this engaging and have the budget and ability and time? I mean, we shot that in two days. We shot the other one in two days. Wow. One, like 10-hour shoot days, plus you've got all your glam and hair and makeup, which chews up plenty of time mm-hmm. in, a, in that kind of pop world. But... Yeah, it was just, you know, but, it, but then particularly with this hell, I, I mean, like one of my star characters is the guy we cast as Rena's dad, who just was so enthusiastic and so happy and just taking the time to, you know, Rena's in hair. So let's shoot all those cutaways of all their faces and really like get that and, and take the time over the kind of art direction. And I mean, the thing that was interesting on one of the this hell shoots, so that was a, a theatre that we shot, but we faked the background as also the front of the church. So the whole, right. what, all of the shots have been flipped and mm-hmm. that, you know, having that little bit of extra time to be like, oh, well, we don't just have to use the front because we're going to run out of time. We're like, no, we're going we're gonna to do it properly and we're going to make it look right. And uh, yeah, I think that it, I was just so happy with those, both of those projects and the way they've come out. I'm just so proud. And I think it, you know, after the kind of 10 years of playing around this is the obviously it's easy to say when you've got more money you're like well this is the thing I want to keep making because of course you do when you've got more <laughs> money but I think in regards to the lighting and the art direction yeah I, I, it's it's that it's the world and even though one is period and kind of slightly fantastical I still feel they sit in that same place of you know the lighting is natural, um, the light mm-hmm. pulses feels very natural despite some of the styling and uh, costume feeling a bit more kind of fantastical. I, I think Hold the Girl is you know exceptional. It's got a sort of mm-hmm. a scale and it also has this sort of again it's every every video you make for her seems to be slightly different, which is kind of reflects her music because. She's very mm. hard to pin down. I mean, I think some one of the comments I noticed on this hell was like, this really reminds me of Shania Twain, you know? And I was like, yeah, that's who it reminds me of. And then Hold the Girl is, again, different. I was just going to say that, that firstly, so was um, was Hold the Girl also filmed in Bulgaria? They, were they part of? They were. There's another one yeah. coming out. Um, ah. Is, yeah. And... We shot Hold the Girl and the other one uh, as a block. And then Rena was in the States. And then something kind of had got kind of this hell needed to be done. So then we came back and then we shot this hell. And then we had hardly any time. So we had the editor on set. We were editing as we went in, it was obscene heat. They were in this like tin hut. Uh, Rena goes to sleep, wakes up, comes into the edit probably about three hours. So this is the next day, uh, about 11 o'clock. We sat there for two hours with the editor and then she was like, right, I'm happy, that's it. And it was one of those edits where you just <laughs> like, all the cr- all the production in Bulgaria came in, everyone was just so overwhelmed that we pulled it off in a really breakneck speed. And that, you know, you just sit and you just sit and edit and you're like, 
yeah, this this is this is this is fun, this is engaging. And then hold mm-hmm. the girl. Um, we kind of had a bit more time for that one, but you know, I Rena and I have been working together for so long, and I think also as I've got more comfortable as a director, uh, you know, I, I enjoy having people in the edit. It used to be the bit that gave me the heebie-jeebies, and I used to kind of. <laughs> almost feel like I was going to have like a panic attack every time it happened. And now I really embrace people coming in and, you know, listening to them and the people are like, okay, well, do you want to try this? I'm like, all right, well, let's give it a go. Cause I think so often if you just say to someone, no, that's, that's not going to work. A, it just kills the vibe because you're being a bit of a dick and see <laughs> once you see it on the whole, you both know if it works or not. And Rena's fucking yeah. smart. I mean, She's a smart ass cookie. So like having her in an edit suite, she brings some really good ideas to the table. Uh, and what about the her creative director? I mean, what what sort of like direction do you get from that? Yeah, I mean, Chester's fantastic. Chester's got really, really good taste and particularly was helpful when it came to some of the styling. In regards to the creative and the idea, um, Chester kind of had a brief of where he wanted things to feel for this re- album for Rena, but ultimately it's Rena and I on the phone talking it through, coming up with the idea. And it's always about how, because, you know, all of the songwriting she does comes from a very deeply personal place. So she'll often divulge what that story is. And then it's about working out how do we communicate that through the medium of music videos without it feeling like a literal knock on the head. Um, and that can take quite a few passes sometimes, you know. I think Hold the Girl, probably we did seven treatments or maybe nine. Wow. You know, it's, wow. not a, it's, it's, not any, it's not a quick process to get the writing there. So how different was treatment one to treatment nine? Well, let's say treatment one had a lot of motorbikes in it. <laughs> All right. Conspicuous by the absence in the final the I mean it's kind of merging two different things in a way, isn't it? It's you've got the uh the West World idea mm. and then this this kind of more I don't know how you describe it, um postmodern or certainly mm-hmm. modern kind of dance sequence which kind of crashes mm-hmm. in. Yeah, I mean, we wanted to. I think that was the that was the thing where Rena and I love period costume. And I remember that this was one of the few. I think because Rena stepped up and the label, we were like thinking, oh, you know, got to make her look pop star. You know, this is Rena's moment to smash into the Dua Lipa territory. And yet again, Rena again and I were like, yeah, but we just love period <laughs> costume, so let's put her in a corset. And I remember someone being like, I don't think we should be doing this, guys. I don't think we should do that. And, we, and she's like, no, no, we're definitely doing this. So <laughs> out come the little, like, tiny little heeled little boots. Um, but then it was also making sure. Uh, and so you kind of think, yeah, we've still got this label being like, well, can we have that kind of pop moment? And then it's like, well, with Rena, you can't. Re- the thing about Rhea is she's a real stickler as am I, for continuity and purpose. Like, she does not get music videos that just happen for no reason and things just happen for no reason and suddenly you're here and it doesn't make any sense. She's like, that just doesn't work. So, you know, we were like, well, if we are um, leaning into this Westworld idea, let's kind of give that pop moment as well, but make sure that it still feels kind of conducive to the narrative. Also has, like, fantastic stunts and, you Mm. know, the woman that fell off the top of the roof 
that was kind of bonkers. We might need to take get this out in the middle, but it was so windy and the woman was standing on the top and we're all standing there. And they fall onto, I didn't realise, if you're doing a big free fall, you don't use wires because you can strangle yourself, um, but you do fall onto big cardboard boxes. So they had, which again, mm. is kind of bonkers when you see someone falling onto <laughs> inflated cardboard boxes. So they have maybe like two tiers, very sporadically placed, um, well, not sporadically, but you know, they're not like stacked perfectly. So it kind of gives a kind of cube uh, ball pit feel. And she was so windy, she missed the mark. And uh, three people had to catch her oh this is God. off a like 30 foot drop and i remember she like got up and the stunt coordinator was like why did you miss the mark and she's like uh sorry i'm i'm so sorry i didn't really mean to miss the mark. i was like, didn't mean to miss the mark she's like calling it air in the air and she was like i was like i went over to her i was like are you like we don't have to do another one like it's okay she's like no no i've got to do this i'm gonna i'm gonna do it right and she was so cool he just fucking went back up on the cherry picker, got there, did it again, and was like, see, I got the mark and just smashed it straight. It smashed these cardboard boxes. <laughs> then you they do it again. Stunt people. <laughs> no, 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 no. And then I, we just did two cakes. I was like, that's it. <laughs> let's, yeah. let's move on now. Oh, those funny. shots are amazing, are brilliant. I mean, they are cinematic. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that are going to be on your... They're your calling card, aren't they, for the for the movie? So um, you've mentioned obviously the feature, the action mm. feature that is kind of in in the works. Um, do you have like a wish list of projects that you'd like to make in the future, or are you taking it kind of more as it comes? I oh God, I've got a wish list of people I want to work with, and like okay. musicians. Can like, you divulge any? Oh God, <laughs> I mean, I. Or is that going to? No, not at all. I'd absolutely. I mean this is the thing, this is where I need to kind of decide, am I going to keep doing what I do and just make what I like? Or to, should I start making something that feels like... A- I mean, it's worked for you so far. It's worked for me so far. <laughs> but in that aspect, who would I love to work for? I think Little Nas X, it's fucking yeah. joyful and so fun and just like the pinnacle of pop for me at the minute. I think what Harry Styles is doing is really interesting and would be a really like fucking great person to work with. There's obviously the hit list of it would just be an apex to work with someone, you know, Madonna, Shania Twain, you know, someone that you kind mm-hmm. of like look Icon- up to. Iconique uh, yeah. would be pretty cool. I think that would be the music video thing. I mean, in regards to like the future, I am working on another short film as a kind of proof of concept for this feature film. I think sex, comedy and action is probably where I'd like to see me keep going in. I think that's a perfect place to um, to finish, actually. <laughs> yeah it is Ali um, thank you so much this has been the Promo News podcast talking music videos with David Knight and Rob Ulitsky of Promo News in association with Leap Talent our thanks again to Ali and to Mailing Wong at Partisan for her help in the production of this episode you can find links to the work discussed in this podcast and more work by Ali Kerr in the description of this podcast and also at promonews.tv the home for the latest in music video creativity and production news Subscribe to the Promo News Podcast to hear more of our conversations with leading creatives in the music video industry. Bye for now.